Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to AOK. Before we start the episode, we just want to remind you that everyone's sexual and romantic attraction works a bit differently. What you are about to hear are opinions based on personal experience, and any descriptions of romantic or sexual orientations featured in this episode are not representative of any group. friends and welcome to AOK, the podcast about people on the aromantic and asexual spectrums. I'm your Airways host, Courtney Lang, and joining us today is S, who is a voice actor. Thanks for being here, S. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am 22 years old. I'm currently studying in Canada, but I grew up in India. Um, my pronouns are they, them, and I identify as aromantic and asexual. Awesome. What does being aromantic and asexual mean for you? Just for me personally, it means that I don't have any romantic or sexual attraction towards anyone under any circumstances. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Straightforward and simple. (laughs) That's exactly how I feel. Um, And when did you figure that out? Oh, uh, quite recently, actually. I think it's been, it will be two years in, I guess, next month. So two years ago. Okay. And how did you figure it out? Okay. So growing up in India, you don't talk much about sexuality or anything related to sex in general. So I just thought that everyone felt like me. And then when I moved to Canada, I got to like sit in with people who were super drunk and they were being like completely honest about how they felt. And one of my friends, like she said something and it just clicked. I was like, wait, I've never felt what you just described. So... After that day, I like came home and I started Googling. I was like, oh, like by what time am I supposed to experience puberty? Uh, what, what do things feel like? And then eventually I landed on the asexuality subreddit. And just reading people's experiences, I was like, oh, this is me. But it was also like realizing that other people are not like me. I think that's what was a bigger factor where it was like, oh, other people feel something. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That's so relatable. Um, the feeling of like, oh, everyone's apparently feeling this thing that I thought wasn't like a thing. Yeah. D- did you kind of go straight from assuming you were straight to figuring out you were Arrow and Ace? Or was there some like discovery there? Did you like did the split attraction model help you at all? Yeah, it did. Uh, so I remember I remember my first, like, I guess the biggest hurdle was just to, like, sit down and ask myself, am I even straight? Because I, I, at that time, I was like, I don't think I am. Um, and then when I found out the word asexual, I was like, okay, this is definitely me. But then I, the split attraction model followed right behind it. And I was like, wait, there's another thing that I have to figure out. So for that, it was a bit confusing because I was like, there's a possibility that I can... I think for, like, romantic attraction, it was harder just because... There are moments when I want to want a relationship, but I don't actually want it. Like, I don't know if this makes sense. <laughs> no, it's making a lot of sense. Keep going. Yeah. So um, as soon as like that question popped up of like, oh, what's my romantic orientation? I was very confused. I was like, I do like watching movies that have romance in it, but I don't think I have ever felt something like that. So I remember like a few days after I was like, okay, I'm asexual. I was sitting in the library 
and literally everyone who was crossing i was like do i feel something do i want to go on a date with them and it was just so confusing cuz i felt weird even thinking about other people like that and i was like and after like an hour or so i was like yeah no i don't think i can go on a date with someone but also with my previous like moments where i was on a date and then i figured out i was on a date the fact that i immediately felt uncomfortable as soon as i realized that there was something romantic going on i feel like that was something that was also an indicator of yeah maybe i'm aromantic but yes it was definitely harder to figure out what romance is than figure out what like sexual attraction is yeah i mean it's hard to figure out what romance is when you don't feel it mhm yeah and when everybody's telling you there's this thing that you should be feeling and you're like i have no idea what you're talking about yeah i was watching the live stream that uh saran kira recently did yes and someone asked um i don't know who it was but someone asked someone that what does romantic attraction feel like and that person was like if you if you have to ask you probably don't feel it and i was like yeah i i can that makes sense <laughs> it makes a lot of sense especially cuz people who do feel it feel it are so unhelpful they're like you just know <laughs> Yeah, but I think like the more I'm on Reddit and I read these threads of oh, ask an aloromantic anything or ask an allosexual anything, all of them are like it's very different from like all of their responses are very different from each other and I just give up by the end of it. I'm like no one's going to give me a fixed answer. So right, like there's no just like fact about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you ever like watch TV with those types of things in them and be like oh that's made up or like oh they're exaggerating that yeah i definitely thought they were exaggerating that but um I, so my friends and i we used to watch a lot of the movies together and i remember like the reactions i used to have to those scenes my friends didn't but i just thought they were like more exposed to such scenes and such stories that they they had just like become accustomed to it but for me it was like why are they doing this this doesn't even like match the plot they can skip this and it would still work out. Yes, you can totally just skip most of it. Mm-hmm. It almost never has to do with the plot. Yeah, and even if it's a love story, I don't think it has to do with I guess like the physical actions of anything. Yeah. <laughs> There's like some some sort of connect there that we just miss, I think. Yeah, like and now I understand it more definitely, but Yeah, like after like deep studying it, mm-hmm. it's almost like uh, like on the outside looking in like taking notes and being like oh this is how it must work even though we don't experience it yeah my google history from the time when i was figuring this out would have felt so weird to someone like who naturally <laughs> felt these things so yeah. yes same same it would have been like oh either she's trying to find porn or like something's just wrong yeah um, no i used to google questions so it wasn't even like I used to be like am I broken if I don't feel things? Uh, I don't even know. It was random, but yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Our Google histories were probably very similar. Um and so you grew up in a culture where, you know, stuff like arranged marriage is a norm. Like mm-hmm. did that intersect at all with the relationship you had with discovering your sexuality? Yeah, I think it intersected a lot actually because I assumed that everyone like would like our parents would just find someone and then we just like said yes to it if it was if the the other person was like a good co-parent or something and then we would just get married to that person so that we could have a family and then i guess when we started growing up and 
My sister was like going through the whole arranged marriage process and the things that she was looking in for in a relationship was so different than what I thought. Like she didn't want kids and I was like, wait, but isn't that why people marry? Isn't that why arranged marriage is a whole thing? Um, so yeah, like I think I would have realized things sooner if arranged marriage wasn't a norm because then I would have seen more people just, I guess, like falling in love and then getting married or whatever the typical stories are. But I didn't see right. that a lot. Yeah, and was it was that scary at all? Like the the thought of arranged marriage, or did it kind of make things more easy to think about? It so before I actually realized what marriage was, it was it made things very easy because I was like, yeah, I don't have to worry about dating people. My parents can just do the job, and everyone used to look at me. <laughs> everyone just used to look at me like I'm crazy because they were like, wait, why would you say that? But I was like, wait, isn't it easy if your parents just like filter out the people and then you get to choose from the filtered group they're like no but like you're supposed to feel things for the other person you're supposed to do this do that and I was like that doesn't make sense but yeah but once I started realizing that what exactly like the, I thought a marriage was finding someone who's a good co-parent and then deciding to have kids and then having a family whereas like other people did not think of it like that and once I realized that that's when it became scary because I was like I don't want to get forced into marrying someone who like doesn't understand me but just to put it out there arranged marriages are not usually forced it's just a way it's like tinder but by parents like your parents are the ones showing you the entries yeah it's like tinder but with your parents that's such a good way to put it um Mm -hmm. and so your ideas of marriage were were they primarily just like you thought it was finding a good co-parent and that's Mm -hmm. it yeah because I grew up with like the idea of oh I want to be a parent someday and marriage just felt like a way of getting someone to help you with it. Like, just, you know, I th- like I, I find it hard to think about being a single parent. I'm, like, still thinking about it, but it seems hard. So marriage seemed like an easy way to sl- split the work 50-50, I guess. Okay, um, so almost like a, like a, like a co, a co-worker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, like, who was also my best friend? Like, I didn't, I didn't imagine it without any emotions. Obviously, there were some emotions and some kind of bond, but it wasn't it wasn't that of a romantic partner, which other mm-hmm. people usually imagine. Yeah. So do you think the fact that, like, that disconnect for you in the, in the beginning where you're like, wow, that would be so easy and make things so easy, and everybody else was like, what are you talking about? Do yeah. you think that had anything to do with being asexual and aromantic? Yeah, I think def- it definitely did because I used to say some things that my friends used to make fun of me for. So after some time, I like stopped saying what I imagined my future to be. And I was like, okay, like when I grow up, like they'll understand me better. But then it was kind of the opposite. Like I grew up and I understood them better. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, but it was yeah. definitely because of like, I just like could not imagine that there would be something more between like a husband and a wife. Like that just blew my mind once I understood it. But yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That makes a lot of sense to me. And did you ever tr- like try dating? Like, was that allowed? Um, it was so it's like semi allowed. Like my sister dated people, but like, it would never like my parents were kind of against it. But they were also like, OK, uh, for me, I it's weird. Like I picked up, I chose this one guy in grade nine to have a crush on so that my friends would like think that I have crushes on people yes but I didn't even know I was doing that I was just like okay everyone's choosing people I should choose someone and then like satisfy my friends Uh, yes so I did I did like pick up on this one guy but I made sure that I don't see him as often because I was in a boarding school so 
we didn't like it was it was like an all girls boarding school so we didn't see like the guys from the other schools a lot so i made sure it was someone that i wouldn't get to meet as often so my friends couldn't like push us together and then i just like chose that guy in grade 9 until grade 12 it was perfect like my friends believed it that i liked him and no one pressured <laughs> me <laughs> yeah so it worked out pretty well but then once i came to university i would like i would end up on dates somehow and then realize i was on a date like i would be on a date and then i would be like oh this is a date so yes that was a bit awkward but i i realized that as soon as i understood that it was a date it like it became something that i didn't want i thought i was hanging out with friends like as friends with people but it wasn't that and then it became mm-hmm. uncomfortable yes oh my gosh i'm just saying yes yes <laughs> yes to everything you're saying cuz everything you're saying i have gone through too Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and the the oops, I'm on a date, and like oh, I'll just pick somebody because everybody else has somebody. Yeah, and that's why I feel like representation is so important because I felt pressure to even take these actions or like I kind of felt pressure to even like being on a date with someone. But then I was like, I like this person, but I don't like this concept. Yeah, yeah, like you like the person, but you don't like them enough somehow. Yeah, yeah. It's hard yeah, to explain, kind of... but it's like there's some boundary which I can't like even imagine going beyond because I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's so relatable. It makes sense to me. So <laughs> that's good. Don't to worry. <laughs> um. Wow. I'm just like getting shivers on how how relatable this all is. Um. Going off the romance thing, like, have you ever thought about like a QPR, like a queer platonic relationship or queer platonic partnership? Yeah, I have. Um so so I think my idea of marriage was very similar to a QPR. Um but now that I'm actually thinking about it, I don't know like now when I actually imagine oh living with someone or being just more than friends with someone, I don't know how comfortable I would be, but I think I'm willing to experiment just because I do I think one thing I do want with someone is just to have that relationship where it's not where you don't have any boundaries like whatever you think of you can just say it out loud without making it go through the filters and I think I can have that with my friends but I think having that with someone who you spend a lot of time with and who you have some sort of commitment to might just be I guess a bit more precious but then again like I don't know if this is all coming from what the media is trying to sell us like oh you should have someone who's who you're exclusive to or something like that. So I have to I have to like dig deeper and figure that out still. Yeah, and are you still expected to get married? Like are your parents still <laughs> expecting you to get married? Uh yes. Um so I've tried I've tried to come out to my parents but I haven't used the word asexual just because there's no word in Hindi for that. And also mm-hmm. I wouldn't know like if I use that word would they even get like what that means. Um but yes, yeah, so I've told my mom about like how I feel and she her answer was that oh you're too young. But then again like I think she tried to understand it because she did ask me follow-up questions. So it kind of made me think that she tried to understand it, but she still she still like holding on to the hope that I would get married. So I'm assuming there's just like a lot of pressure for marriage in India. <sighs> Yes. So I'm about to graduate next year <laughs> and I am very scared about it because as soon as you graduate everyone just starts asking you, "Oh, when are you getting married? When is this happening?" Um so 
I, I actually considered like studying a bit longer just so that I could avoid those questions. But then I was like, eventually I have to get out of this. So, yeah. Right. You can't go to school forever, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. sad. Um, and you mentioned you wanted kids but weren't sure about the whole single parent thing. Um, do you still want kids now? Yes. Um, it's This is something that's been super confusing because... The more I grow up, I think the more I'm doubting, like, oh, what if I can't even be a good parent? And then I'm also realizing what it means to be a parent, like how many responsibilities you have. So I still want to be a parent in some capacity. But again, like being a single parent seems like, like, I just don't want to, I just don't want to not be (laughs) enough for the child. I feel like that's just hard. And also with all the gender stuff coming in, I feel like I wouldn't know like, I, I need to figure out where I am th- there before I can, like, be a parent and figure out what the kid should call me and all of the all of the things that come with it. So, yeah, this is something, like, that's on the side that I'm, I slowly try to figure out, but then I move away from it once it gets too stressful. But, yeah, it's definitely something I want to actively research and see what happens. Yeah. And you mentioned in your interview survey that there's an intersect for you between discovering your gender identity as well and um like experience sex repulsion did Mm -hmm. you want to talk about that a little bit yeah so um i'm afab like i was assigned female at birth so obviously i grew up like very i guess like the social norms that i was taught were very like female oriented especially if you grew up in india there are very strict lines sometimes um but then once i started once I learned that I could even like allow myself to think that I'm not that I'm not a girl, one thing that I was super confused about was that the fact that I feel uncomfortable with certain parts of my body is it because that they're seen, I guess, in a sexual way by others, or is it because like I'm actually uncomfortable with them? And it took mm-hmm. me a very long time to just sit and I guess dissect that. And finally, I was able to figure it out just because I was like, okay, imagining if I'm alone in a world, would I still be uncomfortable with this? And the answer was yes. And that's how I was able to separate it out. But the fact that I was like repulsed by even someone thinking about me in that way, I thought that maybe that's what was making me so uncomfortable with my own body. But eventually it wasn't that. But it was just like so confusing to separate those two out. Yes. And oh my gosh, I've done that exact exercise of if I was alone in the world, would this still be how I would be acting? And mm-hmm. is that still how I would feel like feel pressured to be? Um, wow. And are there aspects of your Indian identity that intersect with your orientation and gender identity? Yeah. Um, so with gender, definitely, even like the language we speak in India, mostly all of them have like gendered words similar to Spanish, I guess, where um, like girls are supposed to use a certain set of vocabulary and guys are supposed to use another. And just even that, like I remember growing up, I had a whole, like I had a struggle with it because I used to choose like the male way of speak, speaking about things and my parents would have to correct me. Um, and then with like the asexuality, but just the fact that in the Indian culture, it's like a taboo to speak about sex it was very easy for me growing up but then once I realized that the taboo doesn't last between friends like you have to I guess contribute to the conversations then it was awkward because I was like I don't even like I don't even know what to say and it felt like it felt it was also hard for me to accept that I'm asexual because I was like what if this is just me being repressed because of 
the culture I grew up in. And then again, I had to do the exercise of, okay, what if I was alone? Like, would I still feel this way? But yeah, I think like just the fact that there are so many rules that we have to follow, it almost confuses you because you're like, are my feelings because of how I've been trained to feel or is it actually how I feel? So yeah, definitely that. And then also like movies didn't show much when we were growing up. So I didn't even think much about it till I actually started watching like English movies. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Why does this happen? But yeah. Yeah. And was there difficulty there parsing between the like figuring out your gender identity and your orientation? Um. So yeah, because, okay, so when like I went to a lot of like subreddits, which are for trans people and for people who are questioning if they're trans or not. And one common question that people would ask me was that if you're in a romantic relationship, what role do you imagine yourself playing? And I think it was hard for me because I was like, I can't imagine myself in a romantic relationship. So I don't think I can imagine myself playing any role in it. And I think that's what kind of made it harder because for everyone else, it was much easier. Like I've talked to people who are like, oh, I like girls, but I like them if as if I was a guy. And I was like, oh, but I don't, I don't even think about liking someone else. So I don't know how I can even explain what I feel. When did you start um, tr- like trying to parse that out? Like how old were you? So with... With the gender stuff, now that I look back, I feel like I'd just been ignoring the signs forever. But with asexuality, I remember I remember thinking that, oh, there should be a sexuality where no one feels anything towards someone else. But I I don't remember if I ever if I ever said that, oh, I am like that. I think I was just thinking like, oh, if this exists, this exists, then there should be someone who doesn't feel anything towards anyone. And then um so I think that that I might have thought about something. This was like in grade 10 or something. I might have thought about maybe that's how I feel, but I just didn't question it enough because I thought I was too young or I didn't even understand a lot of the, I guess, things that were happening around me. But with my sexuality, all of like my actual questioning started happening when I started doing my internships and I got to go out with people where they were drinking. And once people get drunk, they become more open, I guess, and they would talk about things that, I was just so shocked to hear. So I think that's when my whole sexuality questioning start, started. But mm-hmm. gender came much later because I started, so I started attending LGBTQ plus events and that's when I met people who were trans. And one day I remember someone just said something and it clicked. Like, I think someone was like, oh, when I put on makeup, I feel like, I feel like I'm dying inside. And I was like, oh, that's me. Um, And then I started talking to that person more. And then I realized that I related to them a lot. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not cis. So um, yeah, that's how gender started. But this was all pretty recent, I think, over like the past two or three years. Okay, wow. So pretty recent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And what do you, why do you think it like took so long, especially for the sexuality part? I had no exposure, I think. So when I was in India, we did know what being, I guess, homosexual was, what like homosexuality was, but we didn't know anything beyond that. And also everything we heard about different sexualities was very negative. So I think even like I wasn't even in a space where allowing myself to think that I'm not heterosexual in some way was stressful so I I remember the first time I sat down with myself and I was like I think I need to ask myself this question it was just I think the biggest step was for me to allow myself to even I guess like 
break the societal rules that I grew up with and just ask myself if I'm even like if I'm heterosexual in some sense but the answer was no mm-hmm. so that was scary yeah it's very very scary especially like breaking the rules like I think there's a lot of rules like you said to conform and to follow the rules but mm-hmm. there's also a lot of rules like you also said where you you're expected to break the rules in cer- certain circumstances so like you're not allowed to talk about it, but then within your friend group, you're expected to. Because mm-hmm. that's considered like one outlet of being able to talk about it. And then everyone looks at you like, oh, why aren't you interested in this topic? Are you weird? But yeah, um, I feel like if I, w- if I was living in a country that exposed me <clears throat> to these words more, maybe I would have figured things out way sooner. Mm-hmm. But I didn't just because like, I don't have the knowledge, so. Yeah. Um, and you grew up in a boarding school, correct? Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Oh, um, it was interesting. I honestly really appreciate my parents for being able to send me to a boarding school. It's a bit hard uh, for parents, especially, because, first of all, it's, like, considered a bad thing. Like, all my relatives were like, oh, do you not know how to take care of your kids? Is that why you're sending them? to a boarding school but my mom was just really um interested in the way they taught and the extracurriculars that you got to do so it was an amazing experience but also I feel like growing up in a boarding school I I guess it like made me tougher in some sense that I could deal with different kinds of kids who were living with me 24 7 but also it limited my exposure because I was just like within that bubble of, I guess, my boarding school. So a lot of the things about society I learned once I graduated and then went out into the real world. But yeah, it was an amazing experience just to be to grow up in, in a space where that's all you know. It was just like we were on campus the whole time. And once I stepped out, I was like, oh, like I have been sheltered from a lot of the harmful things that are outside in the world. Yeah, almost like a bubble. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, and do you feel like being in such close quarters with so many people, did that, like, do you think help or hinder your, like, self-discovery? Um, so I, I guess it kind of hindered, but then I don't know what the experience would have been if I wasn't in that bubble. I feel like I would have just been in another bubble of, like my parents' bubble, the one they would have created. Because my parents are very, uh, I don't think strict is the right word, but they like to spend a lot of time with us. And if I was Mm. at home, I would be in that other bubble. But yeah, I guess like, especially with my gender discovery, the fact that I was in an all-girls school, um, you don't talk about gender much when everyone is at the same, I guess, like side of it. Uh, right so I didn't even think like I knew I was a bit different like I always felt like I was out of the group somehow but it wasn't that big of a deal because it didn't come come up much it only came up when we stepped out of our school and went into like some other school and then I felt I felt like I related more to the guys in the group than my friends from school but that didn't happen right. a lot and I'm assuming this is when you you got that boyfriend that was in a different school 
Yeah, so we used to go out for competitions and I, the first competition I went out to, my friends, they were like, oh, if you find someone cute, tell us. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Find someone who's <laughs> decent looking and has like a good personality that my friends will believe that I like and just pick him. And that's what I did. The first person I met who matched the qualifications, I was like, okay, this is the person. Oh, that's so funny and very smart. Yeah, but I didn't know... I didn't know other people didn't do this. So that was like mind blowing when I realized that other people actually had crushes on people and they weren't just saying that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Some... What did you think that meant, like having a crush? I just, <laughs> I just thought it's someone you chose to like. Like I thought, I thought, okay, you're supposed to like someone because that's what movies tell you to do. So you're supposed to go around and see who makes sense to be like, to be your close friend and you can call him your boyfriend. Also, like one of my criteria was someone my parents would like. I don't know why <laughs> that was my criteria. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like that was one of my criteria. So I was like, okay, this seems like a kid my parents would like. So I just picked, I just chose him. But I think I remember, so once I came back and my friends were like asking for stories, I didn't really have much because I just picked him and I didn't even like talk to him much. So um, I remember I... After the, after I chose him, I kind of felt pressured to actually continue the conversation. And it was almost like my friends were encouraging me to actually make, like, turn that into a relationship. And I felt pressured for some time. And then after that, I was like, no, this is too draining. But I didn't think that others didn't find it draining or others didn't find it, think that they had to put an effort into all of this. Right. Yeah. It's so weird to think that people want to turn their crushes into relationships. Yeah. Like, that's so weird to me. Yeah, um, I remember my friend, she came up to me and she was crying because her crush liked someone else. And at that time, I realized I was like, oh, I don't think I like my crush enough to cry about this. <laughs> so. That's so funny. Um, okay, this is a hard one. Okay. So who is someone important to you? Oh, there's so many people. But I guess, like, if I had to choose... I would say my parents are in the top of the list just because they're so like I have seen them grow so much since like when I was a kid till now and they try really hard to change according to us which is amazing like they would sit down and talk to us and I remember when I was a kid um, my parents were like they didn't understand things a lot but then one day they might have like they just said something oh like being gay is wrong or something but then a few years later they were like oh wait we just learned more about it and I think that was wrong what we said so I think like my parents try to learn a lot and just grow which is amazing and I really appreciate them for that so yeah the fact that they try so hard is super amazing and I love them for that yeah do you think the way they raised you do you think that kind of even pushed you further into wanting to be a parent yeah definitely like my relationship with them, I know this like this is like a privileged thing, but my relationship with them is amazing. So just seeing, just seeing like the bond between us, I don't want to kind of lose it and have, I guess, that with someone else. So yeah. Um, well, that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story. This was amazing. Thank you for having me. This was a very good conversation. Like I enjoyed it. Yes, um, and thank you to everyone listening and to our newest patrons, Elix, Keats, Hannah, Daniel, Lila, and Annabelle. 
Uh, hey everyone, we're officially over $250 a month, uh, and that means this podcast officially pays for itself, which is huge. So yeah, it's really big news. Um, that means we can start thinking about our next goal of $270 a month, which will allow us to create a real website for AOK. Um, and a website would allow us to do all sorts of things like sell merch and eventually post episode transcripts. And if you want to help us reach this goal, just go to patreon.com slash AOKpod to join our team. And as always, thank you to Uberkick for the use of their song AOK, to Tanner Grayler for creating our cover art, to Sophie Lalonde for editing and producing this episode, and to our amazing patrons on patreon.com slash AOKpod. I'll be back next week with another guest, but until then, I'm Courtney Lang. And I'm S. And, and we, we are, are A-OK. A-OK.